I'm your host, Aaron Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, I have a super kinky guest Skyping in from New York, where he records my favorite new podcast, Off the Cuffs, Dick Wound. Hello. Hello and welcome. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I super kinky guest. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's quite something. That, that, that's a lot to live up to. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you got you got that pretty easily. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Do you want to tell people just like a little bit about your podcast to start? Uh, sure. And just I like it was, you know who uh, you are and what you do, kind of thing. Yeah, I uh, I feel like my entire, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, career or whatever, as a podcaster, it's not really a career, I don't know, that that thing, that word for that thing that I do, uh, it was very accidental in, in a lot of ways. I have been privately uh, kinky most of my life, but I never really involved myself in the public community. I kind of had seen things in movies that, made it seem like something that would not be appealing to me, like just kind of like dance clubs with people wearing like latex. And I was like, okay, that's, that's not really my jam, but you know, and, and, and I kind of found myself in a series of life events where it became uh, kind of necessary to, to step into the community more for figuring out how to navigate a relationship that I was in and, and going from being vanilla to kinky and we thought it would be easier if we met some people that did it successfully. And that was kind of how uh, my now ex-wife and I stepped into the community. Um, Has anyone ever asked you your spider, re- radioactive spider <laughs> bite into kink? Oh, yes. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been asked. It's been turned on me a few times. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah, I could get to that for you in a sec <laughs> if you, if you want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Oh, but, uh, yeah, sorry. What I was saying, though, was uh, I, I kind of stepped into the community for, like, a little bit of knowledge, uh, you know, and then uh, found out that the community was not what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't like it wasn't on, you know, in movies and wasn't this kind of cheesy, just dance clubby, you know, shiny stuff. It's actually real people doing real things and real communication. And there's just, like, there's so much, you know, great stuff to like get your hands into like when you meet other people that are kind of into the either not even the same stuff you're into but just like they're into similar things and and you could put like the same labels on like the different activities that you like and uh, I found it very interesting hearing other people's kind of I guess like journeys uh into into kink and and so when I started off the cuffs it was really kind of to document my personal journey into the public kink community hmm. and then um it, it sort of just kind of ran away from there and became about giving other people like a voice to kind of share like the the quote-unquote like weird shit that they're into and you know 
because uh, one of the things that we've noticed doing the show is that we get a lot of um, mail from people that's like, you know, oh, I always felt so weird and so different, and I, you know, hearing you talk about the stuff that you're into that's kind of extreme or whatever, like, made me realize, like, oh, I'm not alone or I'm not weird or, you know, and I think that just kind of fueled us to change the direction of the show. I don't even know if it would change the direction. Like, it wasn't a conscious thing. It just sort of evolved mm. into what it is. And uh, I think a lot of people appreciate it for that, which has been super awesome. For sure. Um, I know I know, I do. So thank you. One of the, oh, my God, my pleasure. Oh. Um, one of, I guess, well, one of the questions I did have for you was how important you think it is to kind of be a part of the kink community rather than, like, just kind of practicing privately in your own bedroom with your own, you know, little partner or whatever, I guess you probably see a lot of value to be a part of that community. I do. And I, I recommend it wholeheartedly. However, I also don't think that it is necessary if you, if, if you got your shit figured out, like, and and Mm -hmm. that's not your thing, like there's nothing wrong with being uh, a person who's only like kinky in the bedroom. And I don't even want to say kinky in the bedroom. I mean, I, I feel like there's people who probably have very successful, like, even DS, like, 24-7 relationships that are probably not part of a community. They just figured it out on their own and do it. But mm-hmm. what, what the, what's great about the community is that, like, when you do have those concerns or those, like, hey, am I doing this right or, you know, whatever, like, you have people to bounce that off of. And mm-hmm. it's not just, like, Googling one, like, answer, like, you, you, you know, like, like, you know, you get like a Wikipedia page on some BDSM thing and it gives you this kind of sterile definition of it. Hmm. But, you know, in a community, you have not just one person that you're asking like, hey, am I doing this thing right? You have 10, you know, 20 people that you ask and they're all going to give you slightly different answers. And like, it's up to you to kind of be like, oh, I want to piece together what works for me because no, not everyone has to kink the same way for it Mm -hmm. to be like, um, genuine or real or, you know, anything like that or to validate it. Yeah. You can't really do it wrong. You can do it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but you, but, but there's no, I would, I wouldn't say that there's no way of doing it wrong because I feel like I definitely in my youth did things that were very wrong. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, Oh, like, like unsafe, like. Sure. And, 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 and like, I would say maybe are ill-advised and, if you're into things that are maybe more risk aware, you should do some more research and talk to more people that like actually practice that to mm-hmm. get, uh, you know, good safety tips and things like that. Yeah. Do you have to, um, be into playing publicly to be part of like the person to person community? Do you have to, cause that one thing for me, I know I kind of, you know, think, Oh, am I missing out? Is I don't play publicly. Um, it's just like a thing between my partner and I, that that's just not a thing we do, but I'm always like, uh, am I miss, am I really, do I really feel a part of the community when I'm not playing in public? Well, I mean, you could always utilize things like munches, which are, you know, don't involve play at all. It's just communication. And, and, you know, there's usually at a munch, it's usually much lighter, uh, conversation. Like you actually do talk to other kinky people, but you might be talking about like the television shows you like, like mm-hmm. it's funny. Like you actually hear more vanilla conversations at a munch than actual kink stuff. A lot of the times mm-hmm. um, it's really about like being able to vet people and get to know people and, 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 you know, feel comfortable around people before you do step into a situation where you're at a dungeon or a public thing and like taking your clothes off in front of people or things like that. But there's still, mm-hmm. there's still a value to that. 
before I went to a, a play party, like I had been to a few munches and like even just going there and like the, the, the bit of talking that I did with people when they, you know, they're like, oh, a new person, like, what are you into? What do you like? What do you do? And you still get a lot of valuable uh, information out of that. And I think, I think going to munches is something that you can do without being a person who goes to dungeons or play parties. And then on the other side of that, I know people who go to dungeons and play parties and don't play. They go, they just go and observe mm. and socialize and hang out and, 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 and like talk to people, not like go and be like a creep and just sit in the corner and like jerk off while <laughs> someone's getting spanked, but like actually engage with people and talk to them. You don't have to drop your clothes and like get spanked in front of a room full of people if that's not what you're into. But you like, there's such a like valuable amount of information you get from just being at a place like that and seeing what other people do and how they communicate and talking to them that, that I think it's, I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's important, and and mm-hmm. I would recommend it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you meet people as well, like to play with. Yeah, and 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 again, yeah. If that's if that's what you want to do, if you want to take it to that further um, place and actually, you know, play, um, it's a great like safe way to meet people because you you can go watch someone play, you know, ten times before you play with them yourself, and whether that's public or you you know start a relationship loose, loose term, you know, a relationship there, like, uh, but, you know, to, to, to play maybe privately, you still have had real world experience with that person in a safe space where, you know, you're not just inviting some stranger to your house. Yeah. From, Um, from meeting them on FetLife. We always tell people like, you know, there's, there's FetLife, the website, you know, everyone, most people know about FetLife, but, you know, don't just answer if someone is like, Hey, I want to play with you. Don't set up a date with someone because that's just someone on the other end of the internet. You don't know if they're safe, if they're going to respect your, you know, your, your consent and your, your safe words, your, your limits, your hard limits, your soft limits and and all those things. And, you know, FetLife is an awesome tool, but like, it's not the answer to it's, you know, I mean, just by the nature of it, some of it comes off a little bit like a hunting ground. And that's not the, that's not the, the, the website's problem. That's more like, you know, some people use it like a dating service or like, hmm. uh, let me go find someone who's, uh, let me go find a submissive that that's new and doesn't really know. Like, hmm. and, you know, I mean, there's going to be people like that everywhere in the kink community, in the real world. It's, it's all around us. And like, that's unfortunate. And if you can, you know, navigate around that and not, not fall into like some kind of thing like that with a person, you can actually find groups on there that have good information and can, and can point you in the direction of finding other people. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's like a safety in numbers thing, you know, yeah. like, like use it to find a group of people that meet at a, at a restaurant, like 40 people instead of one person that wants to, to invite you to their basement. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking frightening. I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Um, what, uh, what does the negotiation process look like with Dick wound? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it depends, I think, a lot on, uh, it depends a lot on what type of play yes, yeah, I think cause, I'm engaging in. Yeah, because some yeah. types of play would require, like, a hell of a lot more conversation beforehand. Yeah, it depends on the type of play. It also depends on the person, like, the other person. And, and this is in terms of just me personally. Like, I will feel out another person and, you know, be like, oh, you you're a newer person, like we're going to negotiate a lot more mm-hmm. versus maybe someone who I'm familiar with or friendly with already. And then they come to me and they're like, Hey, I want to do a scene. 
and we're still going to negotiate, but it'll be much looser. Not, I don't want to say looser. That sounds, that's not the right word, but uh, like I can talk to someone I've known for a year that wants to play for the first time and I can negotiate with them in 10 minutes or 20 minutes versus having a conversation at a munch and then a conversation maybe on the phone and then maybe a conversation at the dungeon. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, maybe that fourth or fifth time actually getting to playing, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's people who have watched me play at the dungeon, see me do like something like an impact scene. Mm -hmm. And they're just looking at that and they're like, Oh, like you're an impact top. Like I've never done, you know, anything like that before. Will you do that with me? And I I do not recommend me as being an introduction (laughs) to impact because I don't, I don't like a lot of warm up and like easing people into things. I'm, you know, if you put me in, if you lined me up with like 10 other impact tops, like, and I'm not trying to say like I'm unique or different, but like, like you'll, you'll often see if that's, if you have a, a lot of those people are into spanking or flogging or whatever their thing is, they've crafted that to their style. And a lot of that will be, we'll give you the warm up, then we'll give you the, the, you know, the, the harder beating and then we'll, we'll do the, you know, the ramp down and then, the aftercare and, and you know you'll see someone say with a flogger will be like dual wielding floggers and they'll hit mm-hmm. someone two three hundred times or whatever but it's they're not all like these super hard hits they'll just be like this kind of rhythmic whatever and like that's awesome and, and as a bottom i love getting a good flogging like you know like that's like <laughs> that's like a massage for me so like you know one side of that i'm like yeah i get it but then on the other side, on the top side, I have no interest in like warming you up and being gentle. And, you know, I like to do very intense. Uh, I like to chain someone up and kind of circle them like a shark. And <laughs> I might I might only hit you 10 times during the whole scene, but you're going to fucking feel it. And you're going to be terrified of the next time I hit you each time I do. Yeah. So like, you know, it's like. Yeah. And I mean, some people are into the whole kind of mentor dom thing, you know, like really embracing new people. And they really dig that whole that whole process and like get off on that whole thing of showing people the ropes and being their introductory person, you know, popping their like kink cherry or whatever. I do see, I I see that. I I don't think that that's me. In fact, I actually often will refer people away from me for first time play. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, (laughs) well, I don't have a problem with like, I, I, this is such an interesting discussion. I feel like I don't have a problem with like mentoring someone or showing them the ropes, but like I also don't have an incredible amount of time to devote to like a person as being like, Hey, like I will take you and show you like on your journey. Like, you know, uh, and I feel like if you're mentoring someone, you shouldn't really be playing with someone because there's, there's some gray area there. But at the same time, I don't think that, you know, if you're romantically involved with someone or a play partner with someone, like you can, be a mentor to them in their eyes. But if you're coming off as a mentor and then like sort of like molding them into your play partner, mm, I think that's a little dicey. A little creepy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I feel like that's like some really... 50 shades bullshit. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> oh, I know. But... Let's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 well, I'm not, yeah, let's not. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I, I have some, some definite feelings about not mentoring people if I'm interested them in them. And, and that's not to say that I can't become that or be that in some way, but I don't pitch myself as that and then, you know, work play into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, I'm going back to when you were saying kind of you first, 
got, you were kind of transitioning right at the very beginning from being like a vanilla person into, you know, indulging in kinky play. Mm -hmm. So your ex-wife, not to ask you personal questions, but were you both uh, equally kind of had interest for the kink stuff? Or what? No. No. Yeah. (laughs) No, Uh, that was very... Because I'm interested in your, your thoughts on like... You know, a kinky person versus a vanilla person, can they still, you know, connect in a meaningful way? Can they still have a relationship, do you think? Can they have good sex? Um, I think it's, it, oh, God, that's such a hard, that's such a, that's, you're putting a lot on me. It's a lot, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want someone to hear this and be like, oh, well, now I have to go get divorced or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay, so... I think the I was I was I've been kinky for for a very long time and uh, I know I never actually answered your radioactive spider bite question. Ah, we'll get to like it. To, to kind of skip past that and go to more of the I had kind of learned throughout the years of and this might be because I never did get into a community that I would find partners and we would play we would do things. And then I would find other people who would not be into that or they would look at me and think it was weird. And But I would still be romantically interested in them. So I thought that this was some kind of damage in me hmm. that was like, you know, if my partner wasn't into it, then I should just probably not engage in that. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, was the case with, with the person I ended up marrying. When we first got together, I kind of pitched some of these things to her. And she was like, that doesn't really sound interesting to me at all. And I was like, okay. And, you know, we just you know, went about having a, a kind of regular vanilla life and uh, that worked for a while. But then, you know, she, I guess she knew that like I, there was, there was things I wanted to explore. And when we started exploring them, she actually ended up finding out that she, she did have some kinks of her own. She she was interested in these things. And so it was good that we kind of got into the community and started exploring them but at the same time, it also, like, we weren't super compatible kink-wise. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, just being that, kinky, two kinky people isn't isn't enough. Right, yeah. Because and, and, I mean, even kinky, the word kink and the word kinky is, like, so broad. It's like, what is it even? Like, well, what, what is it even funny. describing? That's actually what I like about it, Yeah. Um, to be honest. I actually don't like the BDSM, like, term, mm-hmm. like, very much because like where does a a foot fetishist or a balloon fetishist or you know something like that fall into bdsm really and truly Hmm. like you know um and and i think that kinks the word kink or or the word kinky kind of implies a larger spectrum of people than just bdsm bdsm can be you know i don't want to say frightening but it could be exclusive to someone who just wants to uh, you know, jerk off while rubbing a balloon on themselves or something like that. And mm-hmm. like, you know, the, you're still kinky. That's, that's, but you're not really part of BDSM. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a whole other philosophy, I guess that, um, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I don't like the terms BDSM. It's just that I feel like it, it doesn't, uh, you know, always include everyone that it should. Um, it's a good umbrella term. Yeah, very good umbrella term, I think. Do you think everyone is, like, a little bit kinky? Do you think I, there are truly 100% vanilla people 
that want nothing to do with us? I don't, but I don't. I just I think that it's the the level of that thing might not define it for them personally, mm-hmm. um, because I mean, like, what is vanilla? That's also a term that's like kind of undefinable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, is is there anyone in the world that just likes to like have like white picket fence missionary P and V like you know cis man and woman sex that is just like no noise, just mo- like yeah. you know, like I mean, yeah. like what like. Is I know we use that as an example, but is there anyone really like that, or do people like to have their hair pulled, or like something that's, you know, I feel like, and I feel like it's like people might not even identify what that thing is, but I'm sure that somewhere, some way, they have thought about something, and 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 yes, even if they don't practice it, that does make them eligible for the kinky category. Yeah, like I've talked to lots of people that they're like, oh no, I'm super vanilla, and then they'll tell it, tell me something of, that's very kinky <laughs> about their sex life. But they just don't see themselves that way or don't think they're kinky enough to, you know, say they're kinky or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess just to like, just to wrap that up, though, like, I I think it's possible. Uh, I think uh, especially if you start to go into things that aren't necessarily like kink related, but kind of kink adjacent into, into relationships where you have things like not even like polyamory, but like sort of you know, you, you are min- romantically monogamous with a person, but you maybe have a play partner that you spank or do mm-hmm. things to. And, and, you know, if your, if your partner, romantic partner can like, you know, justify that being a thing that, you know, they, it's something that they don't have an interest in and it's not something romantic. It's, you know, is there anything really wrong with that? Is there any real difference between you, you know, spanking someone maybe, you know, once a week at a dungeon versus going out and playing, you know, like team volleyball or something, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's just another, yeah. Uh, I think that there's plenty of ways that you can make it work. Uh, and I think that if you're in a situation where that's the, that's the case, I think the best way to do that is to reach out to the King community and see how to proceed from there or reach out to a polyamorous couple mm-hmm. or, or an open relationship couple and see how you navigate those things. Because, um, there's definitely ways to make it work. And even beyond that, like, so yeah, I mean, I'm getting divorced, but you know, I wouldn't have gotten involved in the kink community if it wasn't for, you know, my wife and, you know, we were still parents, you know, we, we, we have like a good relationship. Um, you know, I, I, it, I'm kind of grateful to her in, in ways because, you know, I am where I am because I got here with her mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and she's found out, you know, a lot about herself. I don't want to put like words in her mouth, but you know, like, you know, I'm sure she's, you know, happy that she's discovered things about herself. Yeah. Uh, even if part of that was our, you know, relationship dissolving or whatever. Um, and not to say that it's like been easy, but you know, it's definitely, it's not like, Oh no, like we were two different people and blah, you know, we were two people that we were different and we loved each other and we tried to, uh, you know, make that work. And in, it did for a while, or at least we thought so, but then we just kind of realized that, oh no, we're actually just growing uh, into two different people that want two different things, and I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, do you, <laughs> do, or and what would you recommend for people, uh, like, trying to find kinky play partners and just finding, like, kinky relationships and whatnot, do you recommend to go kink first, or to go, like, meeting the per- person first, and then bringing up, you know the certain kind of freaky shit you'd like to do to them. 
See, I thought I had the answer to that years ago, and it was always front-loaded. Like, just be like, hey, this is the weird shit I'm into, and, like, take it or leave it. And if they're, like, and if they're, like, take it, then great. And if they're, like, leave it, this is where I think I was wrong. My old attitude was, okay, well, this is my weird shit, so, like, I will leave it. Hmm. And I will make the relationship work in spite of that. And Hmm. it just, it doesn't have to be that way. I I still believe that, yes, you should probably front-load it. Be like, hey this is my weird shit. And if the person's into it, great. And if they're not, then, you know, proceed with that in mind that you're going to be compromising things that you maybe want out of life and you're not going to be getting. And if you can make peace with that and think that that's a healthy relationship, then good for you. And if you can't, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with wanting what you want, you know? For sure. Even if it's having the smelly running shoes tied above your face while you are forced Uh, to get off. Yeah. You have been doing your research on <laughs> yeah. you, you had me at smelly running shoes. Yeah. Okay, let's let's get into it. What's your, how did you know you were a kinky person? What was the first thing that happened to you that you were like, oh, this is something I need okay. to follow up on for the rest of my life? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I know that I usually cite the, the 1966 Batman TV series as being like my, <laughs> my kind of gateway into it. And it was in a lot of ways, but, but it goes back a little bit further than that to, I think the show general hospital. Oh uh, yeah. There was, a, there was, there was a, a scene in a, in a, in an episode when I was a, when I was a kid, I, I would kind of hide behind like the arm of like my parents couch and kind of try to watch like grown up TV. Like I was more into grown up TV than cartoons for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, and, I think my grandma was babysitting me one day and she was watching general hospital. And I was kind of doing that, like, Hey, I'm hiding here and I'm going to watch what you're watching thing. And there was a woman tied to a chair and another woman was going to like inject her with some kind of poison. And I was a very, very small child. And I got, I I was, I felt very funny about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, from day one, my Ken's were, abducting my Barbies and tying them up and, you know, making them do humiliating shit. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from day one, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think, well, so, so I had that, I mean, I had that happen and that kind of always had kind of sat with me Mm -hmm. um, through the years. And then as I get to the more, I I guess the thing I talk about (laughs) mostly is uh, I started watching the, the 1960s like Adam West Batman show and that show was filled with ridiculously stupid like perilous situations <laughs> and like cliffhanger endings to episodes where like you know they were dangling over like you know something tied up and like you didn't know if they were going to live or die and then you also had like you know Catwoman you know usually Julie Newmar played her and she was just like oh and then you also <laughs> had Eartha Kitt who was like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah and uh, not even bringing, like, Batgirl into it, like, Yvonne Craig, like, uh, like, all, all of it, like, it's just, uh, the, like, the costumes and everything about it, just... Uh, it's all grunt-worthy. Yeah, I mean, like, Ugh. if you look at, I mean, like, Catwoman is, like, a blueprint for a dominatrix. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, exactly. And, like, um, but, you know, it was funny, like, that was the, I think, the relationship between, like, you know, Numar, in particular, Numar's Catwoman and, and Adam West's Batman was that, like, she was in love with him, but she wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was such an interesting dynamic. I didn't even really understand what a dynamic was that I just was like, oh, like, this is a thing that's very weird. And it makes me feel like 
alive and and you know and then and then you had the other aspect like i was saying the the kind of cliffhanger endings where you know they're dangling over like a uh, you know a, a pit or something and and you you know you don't know what's going to happen and then it's like oh you know you have to wait until next week to find out what's going to happen and that those moments of mm-hmm. like true tension and wonder and being like oh like that pit of your stomach feeling and and you know watching it now you probably wouldn't get that but when you're a kid you're watching it and you're like oh my god that's where like my like I started to really find myself like becoming the most aroused like in I guess in my development would be in these situations where people were uh, being put in peril and then the impending mm-hmm. doom I think is more so the thing that I find appealing than the actual like death mm-hmm. itself the but tension I, I've I've reached into that that <laughs> portion too <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you so I think it's about time for us to take a little bit of a break. Uh, we're going to play a couple cool commercials. One is from a, an awesome trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop here in Toronto called Come As You Are. And the next is a, a really cool uh, Toronto indie silicone artist who makes like these fantasy sex toys like tentacles and uh, unicorn horns. And uh, there's like a squid uh, butt plug and like all this crazy <laughs> shit. It's really cool. So uh, we're going to take a couple minutes and we'll be right back with Off the Cuffs, Dick Wound. This week's sponsor is Lovecrafters Toys, a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that offers products like strap-on compatible tentacle dildos, dragon egg Benoit balls, and squid butt plugs. These geeky and playful products are body safe and handmade using platinum grade silicone. If you want to hear more about this groovy Toronto artist, check out episode 89 of the Bedpost podcast in which I have the pleasure of interviewing Shay. And if you want to purchase these whimsical sex toys, check out the Lovecrafters Etsy shop or head on down to our full-time sponsors website, comeasyouare.com. This episode has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Enter coupon code BEDPOST when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive a 15% discount. And don't forget that shipping on orders over $50 is free in Canada. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Dick Wound. I got I to gotta ask, <laughs> where where did this name come from? <laughs> it was, it was, oh, so I like, oh boy. I like chastity play in very small doses. Okay. Um, I'm not like a typical, uh, oh, wear a cage for a month. And, you know, that's my thing. I, I, I went through an experience uh, in my early 30s where I uh, didn't really, I didn't really have sex or masturbate or anything for about two years because I have medical uh, problems I was going through. And I think that in that time, like, you know, sexual frustration and things like I, I started to kind of reconfigure, um, Oh, like, you know, this denial is hot or whatever, but also like there's a part of me now that now that I'm through that, I'm like, I never really want to go through that 
period of like <laughs> longing for sex or reconnecting with my sex drive, um, which I felt like very disconnected from for a while. Uh, I never want to go through that again, but there's still this kind of baked in thing that I find hot about that. So <laughs> instead of, instead of doing chastity where I, you know, give my keys to a person and I stay in a cage for, you know, uh, however you know, long. Yeah. A week, a month or whatever. Uh, I, I am also a masochist. I enjoy pain and I enjoy pain delivered to my dick. So <laughs> I found a inner spiked chastity cage, which I wear for usually short bursts of time. I think the most, the longest I've worn it at this point now is about eight hours. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically uh, even like on erect and just walking around in this thing hurts. It, it scratches, it, it, it cuts, it does all sorts of nasty things to my dick. And, and then the other <laughs> side of that uh, is that when I'm wearing it and those things are happening, I find it very hard to not be aroused by things because I find the situation arousing. So I will then get aroused and then get hurt even more. <laughs> and is this the type of play you're doing with someone someone is telling you to do this or you just throw it on like yourself uh it's it's play that i have done with other people uh, i'm actually right now kind of working through uh one of my relationships i'm in working through uh a protocol which i'm only there's only one person now who kind of, kind of can put me in chastity or other people can but they need her permission mm -hmm. first so that's kind of being worked out right now <laughs> so exciting uh, so it's been it's been a little I've been doing it a little less than I normally do but uh, I mean yeah I used to have some partners that would be like hey throw it on and we'll do something mm. uh, or I would even be talking to someone you know texting with someone and they'd be like hey put your cage on I'm gonna send you some pictures or whatever yeah and like you know that would be that would be just another way of doing it and you know it was always about delivering uh, you know, maximum amount of pain uh, and this <laughs> limited sense of denial uh, to, to, to myself. And uh, one night I was at a play party and, and I just kind of offhandedly had mentioned to one of my, one of my play partners, uh, like it's, it's not a good, like it's, it hasn't been a good evening unless I go home with eight open wounds on my dick or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, be careful like what was, you ask for. I was kind of joking, but <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, and, 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 at the time, I have been just kind of going by my regular vanilla life name in the community, mm -hmm. and there's about eight other people in my community that share the same name with me, and this particular partner was like, well, had been trying to think of something to call me because she was like, you don't deserve to be called that. There's better people than you name that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and, and so when I said that, her eyes lit up, and she was like, that's it. Your new name is going to be Dick Wound. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's been, it's been that ever since. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> um, is it easier to talk about the kinks you're not into? <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> I feel like, is, the, is it a long list? Oh, the, the kinks that I'm not into? That you are into. Oh, that I am into. Oh God, I don't know. I'm like, I'm into a little bit of everything in a yeah, weird way. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But. Um, Are, is there anything you're really not into? Like, do you have any hard limit? I, I would say I have, oh, this is a dicey question. I would say that depending on the person that I was going to be playing with, I could have no hard limits, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily know that. I don't know. It's very, hmm, that's a hard question. So I'm, I like for, I'm not a big hugger. 
in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really like hugging people. Mm -hmm. And most people in the world are just, like, they greet each other with hugs and whatever, and the kink community is no different. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, it was, uh, being in the community was, like, the first place where people actually addressed that as, like, an actual thing. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people didn't get it or, like, they would just grab you, grab me and hug me or whatever. But, like, also there was other people who, like, took that and, and, like, they found out that I wasn't into it. And instead of being like, oh, that's weird or whatever, like, they would be like, oh, that's, like, a limit for you. Yeah, like, like it's very consent-based. Yeah, the communities yeah, are very consent-based, so can I hug you is a... Right, and, like, something and it, it was awesome because, like, it was the first time that I felt like I actually, you know, being in the in the kink community was the first place that I felt like I had some kind of control over that, and it was even after, it was after someone kind of handed it to me and, and even put it in that perspective, like, oh, I have a, I have a choice to... I don't have a social obligation to, to hug you. Like I can say no. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and, you know, one night, uh, one of my partners had pitched the idea of doing, uh, a scene where I was tied up with a sign on me that said free hugs. Oh God. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I was like, fuck, let's, you know, let's do it. Really? <laughs> so instead of that, we ended up doing this thing where I was tied up and they had my arms sort of, uh, bound together in a way where, and, and, and hooked up to this pulley system where she pulled <laughs> my arms up over my head and then someone would slip in and then she would drop my arms down. So I was forced to hug them back. You know, we did this scene and, and it sounds stupid, but like, it was really like a cycle. It was more of a, like it, there was no pain. There was no anything, but like people were coming up to me and hugging me and like whispering things like these affectionate things in my ear and like things that like, I did not want to hear. And it was like emotionally exhausting. Like I was emotionally exhausted by the end of it. And, and like, I found that in that context, I actually really enjoyed it. I I would, I would do it again. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was weird and, 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 and different and sort of like, it, it definitely pushed me like out of my comfort zone, but, but I liked that about it. Yeah, that kind of brings up an interesting topic of people working through, you know, say like their fears and stuff because they can, you know, kind of control in a controlled environment. They can explore that kind of stuff. Yeah, either controlling it themselves or handing that control to a trusted partner. Yeah. um, Which is sort of what I did with that in in a lot of ways. Um, And, you know, I I think I, I, I talk about that scene and I and I. I get the ridiculousness of it. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like I get it. Like it sounds and it sounds stupid. And I feel like you know you were talking before about like you were like oh this very kinky person or whatever. And I'm like that doesn't sound that kinky. <laughs> but it actually like you know it, it did put me into like this headspace that was very uh, different and unique and not like anything. You know, all, not all kink is about like spanking. Like some of it yeah. is mind games. Some of it is you know um, pushing past like things that make you comfortable and yeah like, like vulner- that's not for everyone yeah like vulnerability yeah. yeah sure sure yeah um okay say okay i i know you're into some things that have to do with like uh murder let's just put that out there sure <laughs> torture like actual torture not like sexual sexy torture right how does one who has kind of a kink with like decapitation all this type of stuff. How, what type of play do you do to explore that? That is not you <laughs> being <laughs> murdered or, cause I know also you mentioned on your show that you have a heart monitor, right? I have a, a an internal defibrillator and pacemaker. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a, the de- one, one part of the device controls my heart rate and the other part of it 
uh, it will give me uh, therapeutic shocks to restart my heart if I need my heart to be restarted. Wow. Yeah. And one of the things that is interesting to you is to kind of think about playing with that in a kind of a... <laughs> yes. In a death, um, deathy way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, you know, I, like I was saying in my, my, like, my introduction into like kink in general was, you know, finding all these perilous situations mm-hmm. uh, to be, to be hot. And then, um, when I, when I was 30, I had a, I had a heart attack. Uh, you know, I have, I have family history of heart problems on both sides and, you know, I was 30. I didn't think I, I, I was like, oh, I'll be, I'll, I'll be good when I'm, you know, I'll start taking care of myself when I'm 50, like, you know, whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and in, and instead, like, you know, it just, it, it got to me very early because it was from both sides. And, uh, the, the thing that had happened was I didn't present like with classic heart attack symptoms. I didn't have pain. Hmm. I was just, you know, I was, I was dizzy. I was nauseous, but I was, I was camping like during, and it was during a heat wave. So I thought it was like heat stroke or like maybe, you know, some food poisoning or something. Like I wasn't really sure what was going on. And, <laughs> and so it was, it was half a day before I ended up getting treated. It wow. was 13 hours that I, you know, uh, had, had been having a heart attack before I, I got, um, treated and, oh, God. and, and so I sustained like a really large amount of damage to my heart muscle. Like a, a, a portion of my heart doesn't work. It's, you know, it's, um, and so that's why for, for about two years I had mentioned, you know, what I was mentioning before about how I, I didn't really have sex or masturbate or, mm. and I felt very disconnected from my sexuality was because I was terrified that if I, you know, jerked off, I would, my heart would stop or yeah. if I got too, you know, uh, cause I didn't have the pacemaker at that point. I didn't have these safety devices. I was just, I was in bad shape and I was just getting kind of like worse for a while. And then, you know, kind of leveling out to where I'm now, which is, you know, my normal is much less healthy than it should be for, for my age. And there, there's only so much I can do, you know, at this point, cause I mean, you're talking about dead muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I can't, you know, regrow that right yeah right yeah it's just you know my life is what it is so mm-hmm. you know the, the the harsh reality of that like like sitting in like was very depressing and i felt very disconnected from everything and everyone and sexuality and 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 you know i i, I sort of just accidentally one day was watching a, a like a true crime tv show and it was about a, a woman who was like planning to murder her husband and i was like and that was the first time in two years that i really was like oh shit like that's, that's fucking hot. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I used to fantasize about shit like this and like, you know, and then I started thinking like, Oh, you know, I used to fantasize about things like this. And like, here I am, I've been on the edge of death for two years <sighs> and like, I've been miserable about it. I haven't been turned on by it. Like, what's that? You know, is there, is there something like I can do to kind of like work those two things together, uh, to at least make myself not feel terrible all the time. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that was what I did. I just, I kind of dove headfirst into exploring, you know, this, these fantasies about my own, uh, murder, uh, <laughs> preferably, um, by having my heart stopped, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and in doing that, I, I, I was able to apply, uh, real world knowledge of what, what heart failure feels like into <laughs> a fantasy now about having my heart stopped. So beyond just being able to like think about like oh that's hot if someone like tried to stop my heart like I know what that feels like so I can apply that and like it made the fantasies much stronger and much realer and 
it, it was like, um, it, it really just helped kind of like take the actual fears and turn them into something that I had more control over yeah. and, you know, got me through it. Not only just like reconnecting with my sexuality, but like, um, even just like depression, like general life depression. Like I felt better about it. I felt like I made peace with the fact that like, you know, I'm pr- I probably am not going to live as long as most of the people I know. And, you know, like, right. like all those things that are like actual real things that like people, you know, you tell them that and then, and you know, like people just want to say things like, Oh, don't think like that or don't say things like that or blah, blah. blah. But I mean, it's true. Like, you know, there's a, there's a reality to that. That's like, that's defend that, that's, you know, that is what it is. And, and so right. that's a depressing thing, but like being able to take some of that back and like be able to make, make it fun and be able to like have control over it. Um, made it much easier to like cope with those things and be like, Hey, like, yeah, you know what? Like maybe I'm not going to fucking be around as long as everyone else, but you know what? I'm going to fucking have fun with this yeah. and I'm going to enjoy, you know, the things that I fucking enjoy and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Like, That's amazing. So, yeah. okay. So you're saying, okay. So talking about this specifically, then you talking about the kind of having someone fuck with your, your defibrillator or fuck with your pacemaker or whatnot. Is this just so when you're like, oh, a fantasy, is that just something you're thinking about in your head and jerking off to? Or how would you make a scene that would indulge this fantasy? Yeah, right. I, so so to answer the first part, a lot of it is in my head. Yeah. A lot of it is, is, is you know, masturbation, fantasy. Uh, you know, I, I've had people make videos for me to like, uh, you know, pretending to do various things. Uh, that is a large portion of it because there's only so much, you know, you can do, yeah. but, but there is, uh, there is ways to play with it in, in reality. I, I have partners, uh, that I trust very much and I have things like cattle prods and, uh, you know, things that are, that if they would actually use them on me, they would, you know, short out my device and, and kill me, uh, you know, yes. and, and I, you know, hand those things over to some people and I don't know whether they put batteries in them or don't have batteries in them or if they are going to, you know, put them on me or, or just hold them away from Like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've been able to set up scenarios with people where I trust them enough to not kill me. <laughs> <laughs> But I also have told them, like, I want you to take this as far as you feel comfortable taking this. And mm-hmm. there, therefore, that, you know, that puts some of the, like, safety measures out of my hands, which makes it hot to me. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what if what if my partner did put batteries in it and she slips and, you know, and she's she's holding a, a cattle prod, like, directly on my uh, the spot under my skin where the, you know, where the defibrillator is like, what if she trips? What if her yeah. finger slips? Like, what if, you know, what if she decides that, uh, I, I, you know, let's just see what happens because <laughs> I don't really care about you. And I don't know that because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I mean, that's a far fetch that I'm just, uh, you know, but you never, like, you never know. Like there's things like that are, that are truly terrifying when you're, when you're doing something and putting your life in someone's hands like that. Sure. And, you know, a lot of things like that. Uh, there's also breath play, like, you know, there's different things. Uh, there's, there's some of it's like real. And then some of it's also like fantasy fulfillment. And like one of the medications that I am on is, is a, is a biweekly, uh, injection that I get. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I've, you know, had someone inject me with that. Mm -hmm. And then a little while later be like, Hey, um, 
that wasn't your medication that was poison and like <laughs> you know if you get if your heart rate gets too high uh you're gonna you're gonna die and then they'll start like jerking me off or something like that and you know they're like what's the matter like you know like can't control your heart and i'm like and i can like and and the fantasy of that and even if it sounds like cheesy or campy like is so hot to me that i can get into that yeah. so there's ways to play it safely like that and then there's ways to take it to the extreme level where someone is holding a cattle prod mm -hmm. uh to me or um and, and i mean i play in similar ways even beyond um even just that the death stuff i mean even like there, i do some other dark things like um i'm really into the idea of, of not being able to control my arousal and the punishment for that being like castration or something like that yeah you know? like, right right i'll cut your balls off if you come like or like you know like uh, if you don't if you don't worship my body in a way that i find uh you know pleasing i'm going to kill you or i'm going to cut your balls off or i'm going to do this or that or whatever like yeah you know um like all of those things are are fun and 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 it kind of blends the fantasy and the reality together because you know i don't again i don't think that they are going to chop my balls off, but they are also holding a sharp knife to my balls. Yes. <laughs> and telling you that they're going to chop your balls off. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so it's pretty convincing in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Cause I always like, yeah, the same with you where I'm like watching a show or watching a movie with a really hot scene, you know, with like someone being kidnapped or someone being like, you know, tortured or something like that. And I'm getting all like horny and I'm like, okay, so what, what do I do with this information? Like, <laughs> like every time I watch one of those documentaries where like a father has like pretend his daughter has run away, but really he's like locked her in the basement for like 15 years. Uh -huh. And like, <laughs> have you ever seen one of these? And like had oh, yeah. like five children by her and like, they've never seen the light of day. I'm always like horny as fuck. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And what, what does this mean about me? How how do I move forward? Like, I don't know, but we gotta get you on off the cuffs. <laughs> I think that's all that means. That's all. That I want to talk more about that now. I don't want to take over your show. So. It's a deal. Oh. Um, do you have any exciting stuff coming up on off the cuffs that you want to talk about? Like some future episodes you got in the works or planning out or something like that? I don't know. I mean, it's 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 funny. Like I. Like we have, it's weird because like I, I look at all of the episodes in such a way that that's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll get people that are like, I guess like well known that have been on the show or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But then also we, we have people that no one's ever heard of, and they're just some, you know, person in the middle of the country and that wants to Skype in, and like they'll be just as fascinating or like you know like I'm I'm always fascinated by everyone's everything so like I don't mm. like like all of the episodes like like looking forward to them is always exciting to me <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah um, I have the same thing where I'll have like uh, you know some professionals some people from the kink community or uh you know sex workers in some aspect or whatever but I, I, you know, really love the episodes where I just, like, have a friend on and just, like, chat about sex. And, like, those can be just as, you know, enlightening and, like, interesting and funny as hell as, you know, having someone that's actually been strung right up, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Dick, do you want to um, give all your off-the-cuffs social media stuff, stuff like that, so people can find you, listen to your podcast, get in touch with you, that kind of thing? 
Sure. I am trying to get better at social media. I actively think I have been getting better at it, but uh, uh, so so I'll definitely put that stuff out there. Uh, uh, the, the show, the show, I guess first and foremost is it's on basically every podcast app that you can think of. I think I I I, I don't know which ones it's not on, but it's it's on most. And and if you search off the cuffs a kink and BDSM podcast, that's the title. Um, and it's 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 pretty much everywhere. It's even on Spotify now. So nice. um, yeah, it's 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 out there. It's easy to find. And, and we, if you can't find it on an app for some reason, uh, you can stream the episodes on offthecuffs.org um, or find through there a way to get to a player that does have it. Our social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, we go by OCP Kink, and I'm also on Twitter uh, as just Dick Wound. Um, and, and I'm active on both accounts. Both accounts are me. So great. <laughs> so either way, you're going to get to me. Um, uh, if you're on FetLife, uh, we have a page on there off the cuffs and I'm on there as well. Uh, Dick underscore wound. I guess if you don't have any of that stuff, you could always just email me personally, uh, Dick wound at gmail.com. And I guess that's, pretty much it. <laughs> are, are you doing um, other things you want to tell people about, like not off-the-cuffs related? Yeah, actually, uh, the the store that um, the store that my uh, that I rent the little corner of the basement to record my show in uh, <laughs> is a it's a vintage women mostly women's clothing store, and um, a friend of mine from years ago owns it, and and she does kind of different classes, like she said, like belly dancing classes and. and uh, you know, makeup type of things and, and this and that. And, yep. and, and she asked me to, for Valentine's day, put together, uh, like a sort of very basic introduction to, to BDSM and not in a way where it's like, you're kinky and you want to get into the community. Like here's the steps. Cause like we have a, a BDSM 101 class in our area. That's, that's fantastic. Yep. Uh, and, uh, if anyone's actually looking to organize, a BDSM 101 class, I would recommend finding Jack TPK on FetLife nice. and emailing him and asking him for uh, like his notes on starting one because uh, he's willing to share them and uh, it's a very good class. Awesome. Uh, this one, though, is more, say, I know we didn't want to talk about it, but like, say you read Fifty Shades of Grey and you were <laughs> like, hey, like, I kind of have interest in getting spanked or whatever and I never knew that and I don't know how to... Uh, approach my partner about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be doing uh, a class that's basically teaching people how to communicate their interest in kink to their partners awesome. in a safe way and in a thoughtful way and, and in a way that's not in the bedroom uh, where you're already like hot and heavy and doing stuff, but you know maybe bring it up at breakfast the day before and like let them think about it and talk about it and give yourself time to negotiate the importance of negotiation and the importance of safety and, you know, things like that. And kind of, mm-hmm. uh, doing this very, very basic introduction to, uh, kink, uh, for anyone who's interested. And, um, I don't have specific details and I know she's charging for the class. Cause I mean, that's, she does classes to sustain her business. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know all those details. She just asked me if I would put, put it together Great. and I, and I agreed. And so that's up and coming and I'm sure I'll have some kind of information, uh, going out, about that in the near future. Although I think that this class would probably be very uninteresting to people who are already into kink. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and that's on Valentine's day. It's not on Valentine's day, but it's going to be, it's around there. I think 
right before then, like the weekend before then. On Valentine's Day, I'm doing a, a storytelling show. My friend Coca Galore does a, a sexy storytelling, so I'm going to talk about my fisting journey. That's on Valentine's Day. Nice. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, Dick Woon, this has been so lovely. I really am so happy to have had you on my podcast. Thanks. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> it's been real. Uh, <laughs> everybody, thanks so much to Dick Wound and the Off the Cuffs podcast. And I'm Erin Pym, and this has been the Bed Post podcast. Check back weekly, everyone, because we release a new episode every single Friday. If you want to rate and review the podcast on iTunes while you're there, that would make me so happy. If you're in Toronto and want to see Bed Post, uh, the next Friday stage show is Tuesday, January 30th at 9 p.m. at the Super Wonder Gallery. For more info on everything Bed Post, follow us on social media or you can visit our website, bedpost.ca. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, shoot me an email at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. And lastly, the Bed Post podcast features original music by Steph Copeland, who can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!